Thank you for taking the time to download this podcast from Rosendale Research School. If you've enjoyed it, why don't you sign up for our monthly newsletter? You can do this via our website at rosendale.researchschool.org.uk. Welcome to the Rosendale Research School podcast. Uh, this will probably be our last one of the current year. Um, I'm joined by Kate Atkins, our head teacher. Hello, Kate. Hi, Doug. And we thought we'd just have a chat about some of the things that might be on our agendas this year and perhaps look with a rose-tinted glasses at what's been a fantastic year. Um, now, a, a few days ago, I asked some of our teaching staff to outline some of the problems they've been having, but also some of the successes they've had. And, okay. and I think we'll start with some of the successes. I think we could all do with some success on a day like today. This. I think so, Doug. So, I mean, these are lovely, actually, when you take them in isolation. They'll mean, they'll mean hopefully, a lot to some of us outside, but they're so far away from the more, you know, detailed things, it's quite nice. Playing a game every day with two children who have attention difficulties has really improved their focus and ability to concentrate. That's interesting, nice, yeah. And that kind of relates to, you know, you won't be surprised, Doug, that I'm now going to relate all this stuff to evidence because that's pretty yes, much that's, that's, that's so what, what we should do, really. <laughs> but that's about teacher-pupil relationships and, and about building that evidence, that, that relationship of trust because... Pupils need to be able to believe in the adult that, that they're working with um, and feel relaxed and safe within a classroom environment. And, and it is such an amazing thing to do. I always think that school trips are also a really effective way of building good teacher-pupil relationships because you're, you're in a different kind of mindset when you go out. You're relaxed, you Absolutely. chat about different things, you you relate to the pupils not in that kind of necessary in that teacher role but maybe more yeah, I, I used to do it in I shouldn't say this in guided reading quite a lot because yeah. it's a nice time to talk to them and, and as a class teacher I think many many people go into teaching after perhaps volunteering in schools yeah. and when you're volunteering yeah. you're usually working with smaller groups of children you think yeah. this is very nice working with and then as a class teacher you realize that all of a sudden you're in a class of 30 and it's really hard to get these little things with little groups because you're you're pulled every which way aren't you so yeah. I think probably the person that wrote this, who I don't know because it was anonymous, probably for them actually, they've really enjoyed it, but yeah. not just the children, for them it's been a lovely... And we taught this year when we implemented our new behaviour policy, we taught this year, this year of how important it is to get things right at the beginning, to get those relationship right, relationships right, to get those classroom management strategies right. Mm -hmm. um, because again, that you know, front load it at the beginning, get everything in place so that you have a classroom environment then where you can spend a bit more time with later on, yeah. and, and actually going on going on from that <coughs> another uh, solution was behavior was poor at the end of the day I can't believe that in, our, <laughs> in a school um, so we put a reward system in place well we do have reward systems anyway and this one says round robin which is a cooperative learning structure mm -hmm. four important rules for the session and then those who followed all get a reward so that's nice. quite a nice way of mixing the reward policy with the cooperative learning isn't yeah, it yeah absolutely and also about getting pupils to understand. You know, we talk a lot about metacognition um, within the classroom uh, and the importance of that. But we did some training yesterday um, with our teaching assistants where we were talking about metacognition outside of the classroom. So having that understanding about you know, the impact that certain words will have on other children if you say them. You know, taking, taking responsibility, taking some time to yeah think about mm, how should I react in this situation and the importance of teachers and, and, and support staff modelling 
positive ways to to deal with with situations that arise in the playground yeah it's that and i agree that and it's almost as if you sometimes need to be verbalizing what you're thinking as well yeah. which which you do is if you're teaching if you were teaching column edition you might say yeah. no i'm going to line them up but yeah but actually if you can refer it to you what i would do and, it, and it's just making your thoughts aloud that make it yeah quite uh and also you know it's one of those crazy things that sometimes children will come up to you in a pl- in the playground and say so and so is doing this to me and i don't like it and they won't stop and then when you go and talk to the other child, they're like, well, they didn't, I thought we were playing a game. Yeah, they didn't realise they, they were necessarily. And they didn't tell me. And it's about that verbalising, sharing with each other. Do you know what? Please stop doing that. I don't like it. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, as soon as you said that, the, you know, the children stop. It's, it's just that, that kind of lack of understanding. Yes. Now, I, th- I think this is one from, uh, judging by what it says, from our learning support assistance. Uh, I've created and used a personalised social story with a child who was having difficulties interacting with their peers, which has supported his interactions. That's brilliant. Which is nice. And often, so, you know, I mean, I think we're fortunate here. We have a, a really dedicated SEND team that do amazing yeah. things with, with the children. And um, yes, I can see why he or she would have found that particularly yeah. rewarding, yeah. I think. And that's particularly, you know, again, the, the the EF guidance report on behaviour says that you are going to have some children who will need some specific one-to-one targeted support and that's a great example of, of targeted and, support that's had an impact. And often they will always be needing one-to-one yeah. targeted I think sometimes you tend to think oh but we've done this so often they might, but I think they will always yeah. need to be and then it will it might it will click when we're not there probably and yeah. in years to come. Well we've talked a lot about this as a staff this this term which is that if you're if you had a people who were struggling to read you would put as much support in as they needed mm. in order to enable them to read yeah and exactly the same thing applies to people who are struggling to self-regulate and self-manage and therefore display poor behavior we need to put in just as much support to enable them to do the thing um, as we do with reading you know not looking at all constantly as, as a disciplinary kind of measure and a consequence you have to also look at what the children need and it has to be ever present especially in the primary yeah. because that's what our yeah. uh, you know our mission is really yeah. and, it go, and that's all you're doing with from in the early years is trying to instill these social habits and then you know it's important we don't just stop doing that Absolutely. thinking yeah. they that's doing that yeah well that, there you go that was a little bit uplifting yeah <laughs> Um, well, I nice. can now talk about well I've got two more external things that we could perhaps talk about yeah. let's do this one first okay. there is a very popular edgy Twitter uh, called Teacher Toolkit run by Ross Morrison McGill who uh-huh. gets lots of traffic and I subscribe to him and he yep. comes out with he's going to lots of schools giving training and he gives some really interesting reflections on what he sees and I just thought that he was he says what challenges head teachers are facing <laughs> the next year and Bearing in mind he's not mentioned anything financial because that's largely out of our control. Yeah. Uh, but the ones that he's come up with as he sees going to these schools are marking assessment, planning, teaching and learning, which is quite broad, yeah. teacher well-being, pupil mental health, behaviour and exclusions, SEND, curriculum, research-led practice and professional development. And actually he thought of that, of that list of, well, nearly 10, that mm. probably send and research-led practices were the ones that he found that head teachers he went to speak to yeah. had most of the issues with oh, strangely enough which is especially yeah, the research-led practice and um, when he says issues he meant that the head teachers were finding them those things difficult fitting them in difficult knowing that not having somebody that perhaps might be 
pointed them in the right direction right. of what to do, or, or, or no structure in place probably in that school to do things like yeah. that. Uh, just, just, I guess just having a champion would help, wouldn't yeah. it? Of somebody that puts things your way, even because you might not be interested, but this I thought was quite inspiring. Yeah, I'm often doing that. I also think though, Doug, when you read that list, that how interrelated they are. That you can't have great CPD if you don't understand what the evidence is telling you works in classrooms. You know, if you're not, if your practice isn't being informed by your evidence, then yeah. teaching and learning will suffer. You're only going to get the teaching and learning better through CPD, through training your staff. Better, the better you are at your craft, the better your well-being is. The better you are at, at your craft of teaching the happier your pupils are yes, because yes. they're in a settled, secure environment. Um, and you can't really, I don't think, have one, have one of those things without all the other. You know, all those things become And you think there can be situations where all of those things, are, the machine is running smoothly at the same time? Or is there always one that you think, oh, do you know what? Hmm. Um, our behaviour seems to have been all we need to be teaching and learning. It's, hmm. it's interesting if you would have the you know, peak performing school, wouldn't you, I guess, if you could get all of those things right? Yeah, but I mean, I think that, I think that you can have these in a cycle uh, and have them working well. But the danger is that you take, is you think, okay, that's that's good, I've got, I'm, I'm good now, I can, you know, take my, I can relax a bit. Yeah. Because you can't, you have to keep constantly going back to things. So, you know, we've just been revisiting our marking and assessment um, yes. approach. Yeah. Again, because we know that really effective feedback has a great impact on, on, on teachers, on, on pupils' learning. We know that ineffective feedback can have a huge impact on teacher workload and, and therefore on teacher well-being. Yes. One of the big things that I have really enjoyed thinking about this term here at Rosendale is some of that work that we've been doing around comparative judgment and no more marking yes. about whole class feedback. And I think that we overlook the importance of whole class feedback at our peril because you should be looking at the work of the kids and, uh, and then thinking, well, hang on a minute then, I need to adapt my planning from now on. I need to, to change my, my implementation of the curriculum because they haven't, you know, they their understanding it's, it's of this is they haven't learned this. a significant number of children this. that haven't yeah. seen to, yeah, yeah, so therefore it's... Or I need to, you know, I've got a group of children who are not as successful, so I need to be putting in more guided practice within, yeah. within my lessons. Um, and I think that the impact of saying to your class, okay, I've looked at your work, and now we're going to do some whole class feedback, because there's some stuff that everybody's getting wrong, or the majority of people that are getting wrong. That we all need wrong. to address rather um, yeah. And, and again, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier about metacognitive talk, that you, if you verbalise that to the children, then they're having a better understanding of, of how the, the, you know, the sort of curriculum works around them. Yes. Um, and why we have, we're doing certain things. Um, so I, I just think that there's, not just in writing, I think actually across the curriculum, that whole class feedback is going to be a really powerful yeah. tool. Yeah, so it's it, it's it's all if you get all of those plates spinning at the same time, yeah. <laughs> looking at them all. But that's, that's the challenge, isn't yeah, it? it? Is, and it, otherwise, it they'd be very dull, wouldn't it? I guess. Yeah. Okay, so that that was looking at some UK research. Final thing I was going to look at was the PISA results, which came yes, out yes. earlier this because um, I've had a very cursory glance at. Yeah, them. I was just. I mean, if you start at the top level, I mean, they're theoretically encouraging because in. 
Yeah, in reading, science and maths, the UK has gone up the tables. There you go. 14th up from 22nd in reading, 14th up from 15th in science, and in maths, um, 18th up from 27th. So, however, I think I remember reading somewhere that actually most of the other countries had slipped, so it's not as much <laughs> of an improvement as you've thought of. But anyway, if you're judging it by a tape. So, so that's it. The, the, slightly, um, the slightly worrying thing about it. I mean, by the way, China and Singapore. China came out top in all three. Yeah. Uh, Singapore do. And I mean, that's, that's quite astonishing. An economy that's grown so quickly as China. Yeah. That, it, that um, you know, is becoming much more an urban economy, yet they yeah, still manage I, to... I mean, I don't know. I'm not an, <laughs> I'm not an expert um, by any stretch of the imagination. But part of me wonders, you're trying to educate quite a lot of people to, in, in quite a narrow way. And yep. I think you and I have had this discussion about the PISA tables before. They're very effective at measuring a very specific thing. And if you mm. want to look at problem solving and creativity and... Uh, entrepreneurial yeah. skills and you know all which of are really hard to measure really obviously hard but, you to know. Measure. yeah but which we know we need you know within yes any because I seem economy. to remember reading about with math certainly with China and Singapore that, that uh, the, the, the creativity to think a bit differently yeah. sometimes is looking that that's no criticism it's just that having everything it's interesting it said even the most this is in China mm. even the most 10% most deprived 10% of pupils in all the, the uh, provinces had better results than the average for the UK. Mm, wow. so, uh, so that's my thing. But, but the, the slightly uh, miserable thing was to do with, I mean, once again, it's only a survey, I suppose, but I bet it's mm. quite a few. Uh, the UK had some of the lowest scores of any country for life satisfaction Gosh. and for feeling that they had meaning in their lives. Well, Doug, I don't, you know, I don't want to be controversial, but we have just been, you know, we are, we do seem to go through quite okay. So, times. Well, that, yes, it's, it, this was, yeah, this was in twenty eighteen, wasn't it? So perhaps, yeah, I can see why young people might have been thinking, oh my word, what are they doing to us yeah. in our country? And not just yeah. in the country, you know, globally. So yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it, there are they're very interesting times in which we live, I think. And I, you know, I do feel for young people and sort of feel like they sometimes be carrying the weight of the world. And I would hope that we would be able to get, we'd be able to be better with our pupils, that our pupils would be able to be happier. And, and I also know that one of the real difficulties I think about for schools is that we're quite often to asked to fix everything and we can't possibly yeah. fix everything. More things are given towards yeah. state rather than... Yeah. Yeah. But I think that you know we can ask no more of ourselves than to say that from 9 o'clock in the morning until 3.30 in the afternoon, on Monday to Friday for those 39 weeks of the year that schools are open, that we can say with our hand on our heart that our children are enjoying themselves. Yeah, it's, it's key, isn't it? Because, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I, I know, looking back to my secondary schooling and, and having had children that have done A-levels myself, and I'm thinking, there was not that stress, that pressure on me to do well at A-levels. Yeah. I wasn't, I would thought, oh, well, I can, if I don't do them, I can do them again. But it seems to be the, the be-all and end-all sometimes. Yeah. And, and, you know, at a time anyway, when you're probably having your own anxieties about growing <laughs> up and things, it's, it's not, but there's another thing that... Mr. Schweischer, who's the man for Peter, yeah. said that more than any other country, UK schools have a strong culture of individual competition rather than cooperation. 
So I, I, I assume that's I'm a criticism, is it? Or I don't no, know. I don't, I don't know. You would want you'd, you'd want to, you'd, you would want them to be want, cooperating, wouldn't you? But you Surely individual competition is what's got us in the mess in the first place. Individual, well, individual competition is fine. It's like doing your best against you. Yes. So uh, well, as take, long as it's uh, yes, let's yeah, take as long it as, as I'm saying I'm better than you, I've got yeah. But we'll take that as a positive, shall we? Yeah. He might not have meant that. But. No. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I would like I would like us to be able to cooperate. You know, we need to understand how we're all interrelated. In the, within our community, you know, including our global community, because if we don't get a, a hang on that, then a handle on that, then you know. Well, yes, and we've, we've <laughs> just been as as we finish off at this time of year, we've just been putting our finishing touches to our Christmas. Uh, and our year sixes have written some very heart melting things about not wanting material things, but yeah. wanting peace. Enter food banks, you know. Enter violence in Syria, everything. So it's quite nice. Yeah. But I mean, and you think, well, I wasn't aware of any of that at their age, but. That's probably a good thing that they're aware of it. I, yeah. I always think, but um, yeah, it seems to me that childhoods are becoming shorter. I don't know. Hmm. Wow. But there we go. We, we can talk for it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Doug, and I'm going to bring it back to where we started. Yeah. So we talked about children feeling happy. We talked about the importance of, of cooperation and relationships. And, you know, it comes back to that very first thing that we talked about where a teacher takes time out to sit and play a game with two children who yeah. really need uh, his or her attention and, and, and really need, that will make a big difference to their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think, you know, it, it's really easy to get, to, to just be, get swept away by the, just the mere might of everything. That you feel. That you feel helpless and powerless and, uh, you know, maybe slightly despairing. What we have to, to do is to look at our amazing young people. Like you say, the, you know, the words that they write for the Christmas show, the fact that we had our school Christmas lunch on Wednesday and I'd done an assembly on Monday morning. Uh, we were raising money for crisis at Christmas. Um, costs 28 pounds and 87 pence to give a homeless person the most amazing Christmas day. And afterwards, children went home and on Wednesday morning they brought in the contents of their piggy banks. Oh, They'd been in, asked the grandparents for some money so that they could, and we made, That's very touching, yeah, I mean it? a phenomenal amount of money. We've made over £500 for crisis just on that one day. We're selling our concert, concert tickets. Again, all that money will go to crisis. And I just get huge sort of a positivity and hope from looking at our young people and how they see their yeah, role in that the world. Yeah, we are cooperating and we are thinking of others yeah. apart from myself that's yeah. it well what a very sweet point to leave it for mm. our last podcast um happy holidays to our listener and um <laughs> we'll see you in 2020 merry christmas everybody thank you